Welcome back to The Graveyard Shift. I'm Dave Burrows. And I'm James Pugh. Today, we're very lucky to be joined by our, our guest because she's very rarely in this country. Um, she's a woman who spent more than a decade in the world of events and spends a working day talking to and coaching event leaders across the world, teaching them to kill it in the industry. Big welcome to events coach, Juliet Tripp. Oh, thank you for having me. Welcome. It's nice to be here. Uh, so I'm going to, because I know you, obviously. We, we, we know each other of old. Go way back. We go way back. Your family are all radio background. They are. Your dad, your mum, your sister. Yeah. Um, what, what happened? <laughs> why, why aren't you working in the radio? Well, what I like to say is that I don't have a face for the radio, but I've used that joke a lot of times. Um, I don't know. I just decided to go a different way. And yes, I've yeah, been very blessed to have talented family members doing all sorts of things. But I think I'm just so much more about people and interaction and, and in-person experiences. So whether that's like through events or speaking on stage or just like getting together with people, um, that's always been my thing, like the networking piece. So, you've got a massive background in, in performing arts, haven't you? Yeah, that was like when we go kind of way, way back prior to prior to me getting into events, I always thought like performing arts was a thing. I studied English and drama at university, was kind of teaching kids performing arts and all those sorts of things, which I truly, truly loved. And then kind of veered off on this different path and didn't really leave it. Just fun. And <laughs> here we are. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> so how did how did how did you go from then from from what you were doing in events to becoming a mentor essentially? Yeah, so I, through through working events, so I fell into the events industry, which many people do. Um, I fell into the events industry whilst I was studying, actually, because I went to university in London. I very much wanted the London lifestyle, couldn't afford it as a student. <laughs> Who can? Yeah, got a part-time job working for an event staffing company. So that took me to the best events all over London and, and further afield. So I really got this immersive experience of what it was like to kind of be part of, be part of these experiences experiences in creating events. And then from there, my career took me to working like in-house at venues, across corporate organizations, conferences, doing international stuff. Then we talk about the pandemic and the whole like virtual piece, agency side, I've done it all. And then the last few years, um, especially I have sort of started, well, I started, I guess, a side hustle. It's the trendy thing to say these days. <laughs> yep. Normal no, thing to say would be a business. Um, <laughs> and and I guess through my leadership positions that I've had in different companies, I've always been coaching people. I've been a line manager to lots of people. I've loved that mentorship piece. And I was just getting asked so many times, like, can I pick your brain? Can I do that? Can we just go for coffee? And and that's fine, but it wears you down, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was starting, and then I kind of got burnout and was like, we need to do something about this. Like, this could actually be great for me. So about four years ago, decided to launch coaching as a service I offered alongside full-time jobs, scaled that. And when the pandemic hit, I was super lucky to keep my job in events and be working kind of more than ever. But I was very aware that I needed a plan B. And at any point, I need to be able to pay my bills. My husband was working in hospitality at the time. It's like, right, let's go. So I just zoned So just in. the two events that were, the, the two industries that were massively impacted exactly. by the pandemic. But I just wasn't, I wasn't willing to, to, you know, let things, let things fall to one side. Um, and, and as I say, you know, I felt 
so many feelings during the time of guilt for my industry peers who lost their jobs, who lost their businesses overnight. And I was very lucky that the business I was working for um, pivoted to virtual and, and, and did very well from it. But yeah, I just decided to kind of go all in. There was a real need for it. A lot of people needed support. So I had lots of different ways to engage um, on all scales of like, I put out so much free content, created communities, and then had coaching and mentorship services and just scaled that to the point that it was kind of, it, it was decision time and I had to make a decision whether I go all in or I keep it as a side hustle. And yeah, December, 2022, I handed in my notice at um, the role that I was at, in it, at an agency, which is a strategy director role, loved it, but decided to go all in and now I'm full-time coaching. And it's just you, yourself, and you at the moment, is it? I do have an OBM, an online business manager, who okay. works with me as well. Um, and then I bring in support here, there, and everywhere where I need it. But right now, it's right now it's me. Yeah. Brilliant. And you spend a lot of time out of the country as well, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've always been lucky that I've had a job that would let me travel. And when I decided to kind of step away from actually the operational side of events and running them, I was really nervous that I would lose that because I truly, truly loved it. And then I realised hang on a minute, I can find a way to, to do this anyway, right? We, you know, we get to choose um, our kind of, yeah, our career path. So I've always found a way and that way is usually speaking, doing in-person experiences. So yeah, I'm often here, there and everywhere, flying all over, which I love. So yeah, it's a good side, good side to what I do. Brilliant. I'm going to let James get a word in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you brought it up already, the dreaded uh, P word, pandemic. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the events industry, as we know, was severely impacted. You're right, Jackie is a long way from his microphone, isn't he? Uh, do, do, <laughs> I'll get closer. Um, do you think it's fully recovered or is there still a long way to go? A million dollar question. I wish I had all the answers. I think there's certainly been such a bounce back. We are, certainly when we look at like the stats, attendance levels, investment levels mm. in business, um, we are back to pre-pandemic levels in terms of, of events and people attending um, in the B2B and the B2B and the B2C space. However, um, I don't think it's a case of going back because it's a whole new trajectory now. and We're on a whole different playing field. Like things are not the way that they used to be in events. No. And so they shouldn't be, you know, it's actually been a fantastic opportunity for the industry, for all sectors to reconsider how they use in-person experiences and virtual experiences and use them as a force for good. And things are, you know, are different now. Businesses are certainly being more cautious, certainly with, you know, recession hanging around of, of their investments in experiences and actually where that they're placing that investment um, in into the marketing mix. So, yeah, I think fewer, bigger, better events is something that's definitely coming through. Just more strategy, um, more experience and more kind of connection. Just thinking about why we do events in general. Mm. It's bringing people together, right, for a purpose. And actually, when it comes back to the core, a lot of businesses are no longer doing events because they've always done them, which is you know, not not a great place to be. And are those some of the sort of key messages that you share when you're doing your your pieces with with the teams that you're mentoring? Is that some of the yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's kind of two sides to my business. So the the coaching and mentorship side for people within the events industry. So I coach events industry leaders, CEOs, business owners to maximise their income, maximise their impact. So a lot of that is coaching them to kind of level up as a thought leader. And then I work with other businesses and service providers as well. So that's more of a consultancy side. So I consult um, agencies, brands, businesses, individuals on how they can maximise their potential through events. Um, and those are the kind of messages 
100%. It's just knowing your why. It's getting super strategic and zoning in on why we're running events and the power of them and making sure that you are making your events super purposeful rather than just, oh, an event. That sounds fun. That sounds cool. And do you think the pandemic has led sort of more people, leaders in the industry, you know, needing people like you, needing support, particularly as it's changing the industry? Yeah, I think so. And you know, the the bonus of now all of us kind of reconsidering career paths and, and no longer having linear career paths as we were kind of brought up to do, I guess, is that we've got so much amazing resource that you can tap into as a business. And I'm finding that businesses are reaching out to me because they don't necessarily need someone in-house full-time yeah. to do a role they can't afford to, they haven't got the headcount, whereas actually bringing in specialists for different pieces of business to be able to get you to where you want to be with your, um, your overall corporate objectives is super powerful and it's something that you know we're definitely seeing and that's not just in events that's like consultancy across the board I guess it's like you know we're always reconsidering and being able to have lots of different projects on the go um is is great and I love it yeah Mm. um so we're doing obviously our new podcast you've just launched your podcast um how's that how's that all going it's going well thank you yeah it's it's fun it's a nice project suddenly i was like january okay i've got all of this time (laughs) what shall i do um but it's been yeah i i mean i love talking i love kind of sharing thought leadership my i guess vehicle for personal branding has always been speaking speaking on stage and and that's great but it you know it gets tiring um so yeah i decided to launch a podcast this fuses my two worlds which are events and personal development so i mean sometimes it's talking the strategy stuff sometimes it's just talking like rubbish and just <laughs> things that you know just we, 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 yeah our entire raison d'etre it's fun it's fun we're going for weekly episodes just short and punchy like i know my my industry we don't have a lot of spare time so it's just on so the these go. are things that people can just stick their headphones on on the way on the train or, or whatever yeah right and what, what's, what's the sort of things that you're, what sort of advice are you sharing on those? Um, all sorts. So a lot of the personal development stuff in terms of goal setting, so how people can achieve their goals, mindset, um, things that leaders really need across the board, not just in events, things like actually setting, implementing boundaries with your team, with your clients. That's so powerful. Um, and just the kind of behind the scenes stuff. I think it's given me a way to share things that people might not know or might not, um, might want to ask, but maybe haven't felt they could. Um, I am pregnant, so I've just done an episode on my pregnancy journey. And we like, were just going to come on to that. Yes, you ruined our next question. Leading into that, but, you know, that's it's a whole journey, you know, it's a whole thing. And, um, and I thought it would be really great to kind of take my community behind the scenes on what I've been navigating. It's a whole new shift for me and how I'm kind of leading my business through it and how I want to be able to inspire other people to do that too. Like, we certainly don't need to press stop to go and have a baby and then everything... Well, that, I mean, that's what we we're going to come on because, mm. like you said, you 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 know you took the plunge to go on your own fairly recently, uh, and then with now starting a family, it's it's a nice, powerful mix because you know some. There's, there, I think there's still probably more amongst our species than the female species uh, that you know once once pregnancy comes on, then everything has to be built on hold for a bit, but. That's not the message that you're putting out. No, and it can't. It can't. Like, it's funny because, honestly, I was probably 10 days into being full-time in my business when I found out I was pregnant. I was like, all right, then, there's no, there's, yeah, there's, a, there's never challenge. a right time to start a family, but then no. it's just like, well, okay. That's it. And, and being, like, completely honest and candid, I think, like, you know... 
if I could pick the perfect time, would it be this year? I don't know. But I think that, as you say, there's never a perfect time and you make it work and you find a way. And actually this to me has given me more fire in my belly than ever before. Like I am, I have so much more clarity in how I can scale my business, how I can support other people. And there does not need to be this narrative. Certainly as, as women in my industry, it's it's hard. There are few and far between female ro- role models. Is that who, right? Is, that, is, is it still a very... Mm, it's getting a lot better, but I think, you know, me a couple of years ago, I was flying around the world every couple of weeks. Like, and that would not be practical mm. with a baby no. running events. <laughs> and, you know, you're on your feet. You do it when certainly when you're operational, it's hard to, to be there. And there is definitely, it's sort of an elephant in the room. I think, I think in the past, I've certainly been almost inadvertently asked the question in job interviews of like, oh, okay, how long have you been married again? Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so is, it's- there in the background sort of thing yeah Yeah. and then I thought you know a big decision for me when I was um deciding whether to leave a full-time job which was actually never something that I planned to do I was planning to like make it to the c-suite in a corporate world was well what what will I do without maternity pay and then I just woke up and just realized I pay myself like I make it work I'm never someone that was planning to take like 12 months mat leave and you know I I realize I probably sound super naive now this is my first um my first pregnancy but I've set my business up in a way that it can work for me. I can work part-time. I'm super flexible. So is my husband's work. And, you know, I'm doing everything behind the scenes now to scale so that the business can still be running in the background. I can still be, you know, bringing in revenue, bringing in income and and being able to support people and inspire people through the work that I do. So it's just, just got to lean in, just make it work, make it happen. And hubby's, hubby's from the other side of the pond, isn't he? He is indeed. So presumably yes, baby trip is going to be very much dual nationality. Absolutely. Two passports. How lucky in this day and age. How cool. <laughs> I, I love I a dual passport. Him. Yeah. So yeah, baby trip, international baby, um, which is exciting. And the in-laws are like, when are you moving back? So I had to have that difficult conversation. <laughs> um, but you, you do spend a lot of time in the States, don't you? Yeah, I do. And it's funny, actually, because um, I always say, like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I love I love spending time in, in America and... Um, then the next question is always, oh, yeah, with your husband's family, but often it's work stuff. And, yeah. you know, I am I was there in January. I'm heading back in a couple of weeks. And just it's sort of my sole home. It's my second home. And I've got a lot of um, business connections out there. It's just, it's just somewhere I love to spend time. So, again, I can, like, when I was thinking about this podcast, it was really funny because your message is is very much, like, focused on everything that's going on in Shropshire that people might not know. And I was thinking, I've I've spent more time in Las Vegas than I have in Telford in the last few years. I've spent more time in London than I have in Shrewsbury Town Centre. Like, that's just, that's the way of the world. Like, we can have international businesses here. Yeah, exactly. And, and like, like we were saying off air, the whole point of us setting up this podcast is because there are businesses, there's, there's sort of smaller and individual like like yourself, but there's also bigger businesses, which are doing great stuff internationally. Uh, but because they're in Shropshire, it's almost like they're ignored. Mm. Um, obviously, you work in the events industry and you have been all over the world. What's your views on what the Shropshire events industry is like? Mm. Nice, nice, easy question, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. Ow. Um, Shropshire is bringing in more business than before, you know, certainly with the International Centre. Yeah. Um, we're seeing a lot more coming in, different industries. You know, when I was working um, at an events agency last year, we we would pitch um, Telford International Centre to clients and we've started to see like, a, a you know, kind of more interest in that. It's, you know, it's a good location. It's got good links. Mm. But I think there's always going to be that, the north south divide and we're somehow in that that middle and 
it's either, you know, you're running your events in London or the fallback for a cheaper option is Manchester or Leeds. So there is definitely a way to go. I think in terms of bringing business to Shropshire, we probably need um, more money injected into services and transport links. I, I wouldn't feel confident running a conference in Shropshire right now because yeah. we don't know if delegates can get there. Yeah, I think the, the transport links is still the biggest problem we've got, mm. isn't it? You know, you've got everywhere else in the world that's got direct trains to London every five minutes exactly. and we've got one every three months or whatever it is. Yeah, and then you need the infrastructure of hotel bedrooms, um, of, of entertainment and stuff. But, you know, we're certainly getting there. I think the Shropshire events that are Shropshire born and bred, like we've got some fantastic things happening. You know, we've got real pioneers in the industry, like just to name one that springs to mind that's always inspired me, like Beth is incredible well, from Shropshire Festivals. Uh, we'll, 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 um, we'll be with Oh, please. Well, send, send my love because she's always been absolutely amazing. And and she is really doing so much to put Shropshire on the map, as are others. There's, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of smaller local events. There's more stuff happening in sport, you know, the 10Ks and things like that. So, yeah, we're seeing stuff happen, but we've we've got a long way to go, let's face it. Well, we had, um, we've had the boss of the International Centre in actually on one of our podcasts. And um, she was sort of saying one of the biggest challenges is for Shropshire is... Places like Manchester and Birmingham have got a unique selling point. Everyone knows that place for something. Shropshire hasn't really got that. And she was sort of, you know, asking what, you know, she's been obviously... Birthplace of Charles Darwin. I was going to say, how, how many times... And the Industrial Revolution. We, <laughs> how many times can we use the Darwin you know, thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, it's, it's tough, but it is tough. an option. And, and I think, you know, people think of events and they think festivals, weddings... And then maybe some corporate stuff, but there's so much more to it. And and actually, Shropshire could be a fantastic place for sort of leadership retreats and incentives. And I, you know, if there's Shropshire businesses out there who are like, oh, we really, you know, we want to be pushing this destination. Like, talk to me. I'll try and I'll try and support you and give you some ideas because, yeah, it's it is. You no, know, it's a lovely place. So, do you think that's one of one of the issues is that people have still got quite a narrow vision of what an event is? Yeah, I think so. I think. Uh, yeah, unless we're just doing, unless people are prepared to take risks, which events sometimes can be, they don't understand the whole opportunities and you have to be open to them. And and events at their, at their core are bringing people together. They're an immersive experience. You are immersing your community in your brand and there is no better way to bring a brand to life than a live event experience, in my opinion. And I think it's certainly untapped for a lot of businesses. They might find events kind of scary. They might think it's a huge investment. They might think they don't have the, the skills base or the understanding of how to do it. But you know, events can be as simple as just gathering people in a room, you know, an in-person meeting or doing a workshop in person or virtually. Like, it doesn't need to be a multi-day, huge international conference. It just, we've got to take risks. We've got to do it more. Fantastic. And um, obviously, new baby on the way. Um, and I know you've sort of talked about it briefly already, but sort of what is the sort of long-term plan, you know, for your business you're you're a goal setter, aren't you? I am a goal you setter. Yeah, um, builds an empire. Um, <laughs> okay, um, no, no, we're gonna stop there. there we go. an end of podcast. The end. Um, my long term vision. Do you know what? I have never been. Although I love goals, I've never been someone for a ten year plan. Like I will not set a smart goal 
SMART goals are so kind of constrictive. And mm. I think, you know, the way that I teach goal setting, we've been brought up, we've been conditioned in corporate worlds to only set our goals when it's like our performance review and it's every quarter you have to sit down, put your goal, shoehorn. But I don't know what's going to be going on like next week. I know that I want to have, you know, a multi seven figure business. I know that I want to be operating internationally. I know that I want to be able to impact thousands of people through the power of events and bringing that into like what they do and, and allow people to realize their potential, live out their purpose. Like that at the core is, that's my big vision. That's what I want to do. And I'm always striving for it. So I, I don't want to pinpoint like where my business is going to be in a year, two years, 10 years, because who knows, like there could be more curveballs to come. If you'd have told me a year ago where I am now, I wouldn't have believed you again <laughs> five years ago. Like the, and that's the beauty of it. And I think entrepreneurship is so, it's stressful. Oh my God, it's stressful, but it's magic in that we get to carve our own path and it's experimental. We're always trying new things. And if it doesn't work, we try something else. So yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give you a definitive answer. Right now. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Scrub that question. No, that's good. Cause like you say, it, it, it does tend to be a, a, a goal setting thing. It tends to be an annual thing or a, or a quarterly thing or what, what have you. And if, and you know, nobody saw the pandemic coming, uh, like you said, when you started your business, you didn't know you were then going to be announcing that you were pregnant. Um, so it makes sense to have a more, you know, to have it's a strategic a overview. Expensive. It's like, I, I just don't like setting dead end goals where it's like, so say you're setting your like business revenue goals or something and you're like, right, okay, we're going to bring in 100K in revenue this month. But then if you don't hit 100K, then you failed, right? But if it's like, well, it would be amazing to hit 100K plus like this quarter, then okay, great. But it could be so much more and you're leaving it so much more than that. Or if you're running an event and you want to sell a certain amount of tickets, it's not like it's sell out or bust. It's like, okay, how could we create this? So it's magnetic to the most aligned, like biggest number of people possible. Um, so it's that, it's that kind of mix. And this is what I coach people on. It's setting goals, yes, working towards them, but always leaving them open to possibility. And that's kind of where, that's where the expansive stuff happened. And if I had deadline my goals, if I had made them constrictive, I wouldn't have had the opportunity opportunities that I have had and I wouldn't have created the things that I've created because I'd be like in a box you know fantastic uh so final question um if we've got some businesses which hopefully we've got some businesses <laughs> this podcast otherwise <laughs> we idea, failed. Right? <laughs> otherwise we failed um who are maybe sort of thinking yeah we should be doing something we should be doing an event uh putting our brand out there a key message three key messages three key tips yep know your why so know why, don't do it for the sake of it. Like, have you got a big launch coming up? Do you want to strengthen your community? Do you want to have more brand ambassadors? Do you want to launch a product? Like know, know your core reasons for doing it. Don't just do it because events sound sexy and they sound fun and everyone else is doing them. So definitely that. Set your event objectives and goals. Make sure you've got stuff that you're working towards. You know how they implement into the bigger marketing mix because events are marketing, uh, which people forget and, and how they like kind of work towards your wider business objectives. And then just get creative. Like events are incredible. They are immersive and, and done right. They can blow people away. Um, there is a quote that I love, which is by Maya Angelou. And it's, um, people forget what you said, people forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. And this is what we get to do through events and experiences. And when you tap into that, whether it be as a brand or even as an individual at your like personal events, like you can change lives. And um, that sounds dramatic. It's like mic drop moment, but you really, really can. <laughs> 
<laughs> and when you um like no one ever forgets like their first concert no one forgets like their first impactful event that they went level to. 42 birmingham nec um <laughs> it's not cool is it mine's kylie minogue so oh, you win wins. you win james <laughs> Ooh, it'd be killers or keen, I think. Oh, all right. Oh, very trendy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't said anything, no? But yeah, that's that's the thing. Those are those are the tips, I guess. Um, and and just be open. I think my invitation to everyone is just to like open your perspective, like be open to events, bringing them into whatever it is that you do, whether you're a small business or it's just you and your personal brand, like getting people in your energy in the room is so powerful and is going to create like the strongest advocates, the strongest, like hottest leads more so than you could ever generate through any other, sorry, I know you're a PR. Except PR. Um, except PR, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Yes, well, we can have that conversation off there. I'll, I'll take you down. But um, just try them. Yeah, run events. Brilliant. I've got one more oh, question. Oh, I know yeah. you're on the spot. I love this. We're obviously a business podcast. Mm. Um, I've been to dozens and dozens of business networking events um, in the last 10, 15 years. How do you make a business networking event sexy? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, scrap the elevator pitches. Scrap the boring business breakfasts. Oh, I mean, how long have we got? Oh, oh, you said we, one this should have been our first question. <laughs> Mix it up. Talk to know your attendees. Know what the hell they want. Do not try. I'm not going to swear. Do not Go try on. and <laughs> get ready. You've got the button ready. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, do not try and do things the way that you've always done always them. Done, yeah. And and also like think about right now inclusivity. Like think about bringing people together. You know, I a big trend right now. It's not a trend actually. It's way more than that. Um, is like the exclusive kind of events, like they're not cool anymore. Inclusive is actually yeah. sexy and cool and you want to be bringing people together. So if you are running an event which has red wine, white wine, bottled beer and a glass of tap water, you are not doing well enough. Like if you have an event which isn't encouraging people to be their true selves, to feel confident, you are not doing well enough. So um, talk to me. Shame to <laughs> um, but yeah, just What's mix the website? it up. <laughs> mix it up, you know, like do do yeah. things differently and, and network. And if you're going to a networking event as well as an attendee, like they can be scary. You know, if, you, if you're in a business and your business has sent you off to go network, like it can feel overwhelming, but just know that there's always going to be someone in the room that wants to hear your story. There's yeah. always going to be someone more nervous than you. If you are freaking out about attending a networking event, go to someone else by themselves because I can guarantee they've been standing there for five minutes going, oh, I hope someone comes to talk to me. <laughs> That's um, the thing, they yeah. just haven't changed. They haven't just changed. I haven't changed over the years. Yes. It's you know. still the yeah. bacon sandwich. Yeah, if oh, you're lucky, yeah. A cup of lucky. coffee. Croissants if you're unlucky. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's calm down. He's got, he's, got, he's got an issue about croissants. <laughs> Mix it up. Yeah. yeah. Mix it up. Brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you very much.